0: And you can be seated. I want to uh, continue our series, Joy, and wow, didn't Pastor Chad do such a great job last week? Yeah. Watched that and was so encouraged by that. But we want to continue with part three today, and today I want to talk about joy killers. Joy killers. How many knows that there's things that will kill your joy? And you got to avoid them like the plague. The enemy's after your joy. And you got to spot joy killers and you got to kill joy killers. Amen. And so today I want to read from Philippians chapter 2. And Pastor Chad was so kind not to go too heavy on this verse. He said he was going to leave it to me. And I appreciate that because I, I want to talk about this. But in Philippians chapter 2, verse 14. The Apostle Paul says, do all things without complaining and disputing. Now, remember, Paul's writing this from a Roman prison. And he says, do all things. Everybody say all things. Even the stuff you don't want to do. Come on, does anybody else have to do stuff you don't want to do? Paul says, do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the middle of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Does anybody want to let the light shine? No, we do that, stop complaining, stop arguing. Hold fast the word of life so that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. And he says, I, I don't want you to complain and dispute. Why? Because it's a crooked and perverse generation that does that. And we see that right now. Everybody complains. It's part of our culture to complain. It's seen as a virtue to complain. And so the first joy killer is this, complaining and arguing. Complaining and arguing is their twin joy killers. And, and Paul says that it's a sign of, of a perverse generation. And you know, there, there's a healthy way to complain. How many of you that sometimes you just gotta complain? Like sometimes you gotta Raise your voice sometimes. Some things are worth complaining about. And we see in in the book of Psalms that many of the Psalms are uh, the author is complaining to God about evils prospering. And and so there's a healthy way to complain. And then there's an unhealthy form of complaint that can become sin. Did you know that complaining can become sinful? Paul says that this is a holiness issue. He says that it's a perverse generation that likes to complain. And here's what I found, you can either pray or you can complain. You can either pray or you can complain. And and it's a a insult to God when we consistently and persistently complain. When it it gets in our spirit and, and we see everything through our complaint. And here's what I found in my life is that I can have a legitimate beef, I can have a legitimate complaint but if I'm not careful, if I let that get in my spirit, that what I'm complaining about is not as bad as the spirit I have about what I'm complaining about. Does that make sense? We, we gotta guard ourselves from the joy killer of complaining. And we, we see that the Israelites, they, they, God perhaps did the greatest things in any group of people he did in the Israelites. It opens the Red Sea, and a few days later, what are they doing? They're complaining. Lord, we're, we're sick of not having food. Oh, that we could go back to Egypt and have the melons and all the good things that we had there. And so God gives them manna and, and that satisfies them for a while. And then they start complaining about the manna. God, can't we have some real food? And so God brings quail and that wasn't good. And they, they complain about that. They And they complain and complain and complain. And what should have taken 11 days, what should have been 11 day journey took 40 years because they had a complaining spirit. And here's what I want to tell you today. You can complain, and if you do, you will remain. Right, that's good. If you complain, you remain. It doesn't change anything. And here's the tricky thing about complaining, because it makes us feel better in the minute, doesn't it? In the moment. And that's because there's science about complaining. Complaining creates endorphins in your your mind and it it stimulates you and it it feels better in the moment but here's the dangerous thing about that it becomes kind of a drug it becomes a lifestyle and and here's what I found the more I complain the more I have to complain about complaining becomes addictive and then you start hanging out with people who complain And, and it becomes a toxic environment. And I want to tell you, stay away from complaining in your life. Stay away from a complaining spirit. Because here's what a complaining spirit ultimately says is, God, you're not doing good enough. Right. Oh, come on, somebody. Complaining becomes toxic. It will kill the joy in your life. It will kill the vision in your life. It will kill good things in your life from growing because you start to see everything through your complaint. And so complaining doesn't solve the problem, it just reinforces the problem. And when you complain, you see your complaint everywhere. It's like the law of attraction says that whatever you seek, you see more of, whatever you focus on, you get more of, you know, you get a car, you get a new car and you start to see that car everywhere. It's the same way with complaining. You start to see everything through your complaint. You start to see life through your complaint. And it will keep you in the wilderness when God wants to bring you into a land flowing with milk and honey. And and you've got to lift your eyes above that complaint. And, And he says this, he says, avoid complaining and disputing. You know why? People who like to complain also like to argue. You can't make them happy. You can tell them, you just want a million dollars, and they, they would start uh, complaining about, yeah, but I gotta pay taxes. And by the time, they, they can't be happy. You can't satisfy them. And, and even if you try to meet their need, they'll start arguing with you why that won't work. Come on, has anybody been there? And it's a spirit that's ultimately dissatisfied with God. And here's what I wanna tell you today is it doesn't make you smart or brilliant that you find something to complain about. It makes you cynical, it makes you hard, and ultimately make you bitter. And and so, what I found is this, is that I I could walk in here today and I could find at least 10 things to complain about every Sunday. I could complain about people. I could complain about uh, different things that uh, aren't right, that could be better, and all of those things. uh, I could could find, if you want to find something to complain about in your church, you're going to find it. If you want to find something to complain about in your spouse, you're going to find it. Don't say amen. Uh, If you want to find something to complain about in your workplace, you're going to find it. It doesn't make you brilliant. And here's what I've learned to do, is I've got to find... And I've gotta look above the complaint and I've gotta look for the good things. You see, I I can focus on the 10 things in this room and 10 things I've experienced since I've gotten to church that could be better, or I could see the people who are coming to God. I could see the people that's been baptized. I could see the people that's making steps towards their destiny. I could see the promises that are in this room. I could see the worst. Come on, does anybody wanna see the goodness of God in this place today? So today we got to be people who choose joy and part of choosing joy is choosing not to complain choosing to have a good spirit choosing to have that spirit of expectation of god i'm not happy with this but i know you have something better y'all want to hear my dream to destiny testimony every car i've touched since dream to destiny has not worked We borrowed two cars from mom and dad. They broke down. Triple A has been to our house. Like we just call it like, yes, Mr. Suey, we'll be right there. We know where you're at. (laughs) That's our dream to destiny testimony. And and, and there's been several times where like, I've just wanted to complain. And and we've just had to remind ourselves, God's got something great coming. God's got a better car. God's got a, a better situation. God's doing something. Why? Because we're gonna choose. Come on, who's going to join me today to choose joy? And here's how you defeat that. Here's how you defeat that. Be thankful. Be thankful. You know know what? This is done. Every time I'm in a car and the engine turns, I want to break out in tongues and dance. Thank you, Lord. You you know why? Because here's, here's what we buy into. We think God owes us. We think God owes us a nice car. We think God owes us problem-free life. And he doesn't owe us anything. When we realize that and we're thankful, God, you didn't owe me the cross. You didn't owe me anything in life. So I thank you my car started today. Oh, Lord, I thank you I'm not in a hospital today. God, I thank you I have breath in my lungs. Come on, is anybody thankful today? If you're here today, get... Get your get your eyes off what's wrong and look at what's right. The first thing that's right is you're here. And you know who Jesus is. And if you don't know who Jesus is, you're going to hear about who he is. And that's what you're looking for. And be thankful today that, you know what, we're, we're not in Ukraine today. And we can worship freely without worrying about bombs fallen through this ceiling. Uh, We can lift up our hands in freedom and we don't have to worry about being arrested. And we can uh, come to church today and we so many blessings that are surrounding us. Look at all the families that have been reunited and all the great things that God has done. Is anybody thankful? He doesn't owe me anything today. And here's how you, you, you take care of complaining is... You just start to look at life as everything's a bonus. Right. Amen. Everything's, a, I mean, not only are we going to heaven, not only we've we been saved and, and our past is behind. Everything's a bonus. Thank you. Yes. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, Paul said in the First Thessalonians, he says, "Give all, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you." What's the will of God, Pastor? Give thanks yes. in every season, Lord. I thank you, God. Lord, that you've done so many great things for me. God, I could never repay you. Come on, how many knows that? You could never repay God. Amen. Well, Pastor, my car is on its last leg. Thank him it starts. Did it get you here today? Thank him for that. And and we are the, the most blessed people on the planet, and we're the most spoiled and the biggest complainers. We need to get back to being thankful. Yeah. It. Come on, how many know that God can't stand an entitled spirit? Right. Think of the, the 10 lepers he healed. How many came back to thank him? Only one came yeah. back to, come on. Uh, and if there's only going to be one, come back. I want to be that one. Right. I want to have a, a spirit of gratitude. Right. And, and when you start complaining, you know what I found helps me is I, I go for a walk and I just start, thinking things to thank God about. Amen. Begin to shift my focus because he's done so yeah. many great things. And yeah. Paul continues chapter three. He says, though I myself have reason for confidence in the flesh also, if anyone else thinks he has reason for confidence in the flesh, I have more. He says, anybody wants to brag about who they are, I have more to brag about. He said, I was circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, to the as to the law, a Pharisee. In other words, not only was I a Jew, I was a good Jew. I knew the Bible backwards and forwards as to zeal, a persecutor of the church, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Paul dotted the I's, crossed the T's, he, he did it all right. But he says this, but whatever gain I had, I counted it as loss for the sake of Christ. Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. For his sake, I have suffered the loss of all things and count them as trash. It's what rubbish is. In order that I may gain what? Christ. And I may be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own. That that comes from the law, but uh, that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith, that what I may know him, the power of his resurrection. that yes. I may share his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And here's the second joy killer, and that is self-righteousness and sin. Self-righteousness and sin, they're both joy killers. Paul said that, that I used to get my joy from who I was and how I performed. He said, but I've learned now that that's just all trash compared to knowing Jesus and having a righteousness that comes through faith. And to be self-righteous is to be depending upon your own efforts to make God happy. And and this mindset robs us of our joy because it's depending on us to do everything. And here's the problem is deep down inside, we know we can't do it we can't do everything. We can't, quote unquote, make God happy that way because we just aren't capable of it. And so self-righteous people really at their core have no joy because they're in a work that can't be completed. They're in a job that can't be done. And so Paul says, you know what, we need to shift away from that and we need to just accept that God loves us. And so Many of us don't have joy because we believe that God is schizophrenic. He's happy with us one moment, mad at us the next moment. And and so we're just kind of tiptoeing through life. And hopefully God doesn't get too mad at me and I I make him happy. And I want to tell you, as we sung about today, you are a child of God. God takes joy in you. God takes pleasure just in our existence. And if you want the devil to steal your joy, buy into this lie that you have to get it all right. That it's all on you. On. And, and I, I felt this, you know, and dreamed to destiny that, God, i got to get this right. I've got to do this. I've, I've got to get everything lined up. This is all on me. And it, that stole joy from me from a season because what was supposed to be a good thing became like a monster in my mind. Right. And here's what we have to do. We have to fall back to grace. Yeah. That's yeah. That's it. And grace says this, you're accepted. Yes, hallelujah. Grace says, you work from me from a position as a son, not as a slave. And you know what that does? That releases me to walk in confidence in who I am in God. And, and here's, here's the, the other problem that people have. Sometimes people, and oftentimes it's because people think they can never be good enough, is they just go wild and they do whatever they want to do. That's just as dangerous. Sin will rob you of your joy. It will suck the life out of you. God calls things sins not because he's mean, because he knows that that thing will never give us joy. Fornication will never give you joy. Drugs will never give you joy. Alcohol will never give you joy. Jumping from relationship to relationship will not give you joy. The only way you can have lasting joy is a relationship with Jesus Christ. So, we got to have the joy that only grace can give. Amen. Hebrews 12, 1 and 2 says this. We need to lay aside the sins and the weights that so easily beset us. Sin's a joy killer. It's a joy killer. It's a lie. Yes. The only way you're going to find lasting joy is in the house of God. Yeah living for god and and here's what grace will do to you grace makes it a joy to live for god have tos become get tos convictions will start to spring up in your heart and you won't have joy when you're not pleasing god why because it's your joy some of us we we need to be like chick-fil-a workers it needs to become our pleasure come on i just made you all hungry didn't i Get your mind off that chicken biscuit, spicy chicken biscuit. My mind's on that biscuit now. Look what I did. Close. That's right. Closed on Sunday. We, we were in line at Chick Fil A the other day. The, all these pagans in line. I said, "Honey, they know they're supporting Baptist missions, do they? All these secularists in champagne think they're... Never mind." Joy, um, yeah, so grace gives us joy. And, and here's what I wanna tell you today. I'm, I'm not saying don't try to live for God. I'm not saying, do, how many knows that grace is not opposed to, to effort, it's opposed to earning. We can never earn what God has for us. But God is not opposed to effort. I'm not saying don't give effort. I'm saying we give that effort from a position of security. Amen and nothing the devil can do about it. Amen. Come on, look, look Amen. at your neighbor and say, I'm not gonna backslide. Yes. I'm not going anywhere, why? I'm in the grip of grace. Yes. God has my heart, yes. I'm gonna do what pleases him yes. and his Holy Spirit's yes. gonna keep me yes. where I need to be. Yes. Titus chapter two says, for the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation, what, for all people, training us to renounce, what, ungodliness, This is what grace does. It trains us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions. If you think grace is about you getting to do whatever you wanna do, you don't understand grace. And to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from the lawlessness and to purify for himself a people to his own possession. I want you to see this. Who are zealous, For good works when grace is in your heart and when you're you're walking with God from a position of security it's your pleasure to serve him that's true you don't ask what do I have to do you ask what do I get to do how do I get to please him how do I get to walk in a way that gives him glory that gives him honor? Jesus said come unto me in Matthew 11 come to me all who labor and are heavy laden, all you people that think you have to work hard to please me, and what am I gonna do? I'm gonna give you rest. Take my yoke upon me and learn from me, for I'm gentle and lowly in heart, and you're gonna find rest for your souls. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. That doesn't mean that life is easier than not living for God. It means when he's with you, he's sharing that yoke. He's showing you how to please him. He's showing you what you yeah. need to do, and there's something that happens in your heart where you find out this is where joy comes from, Amen. is walking in a way that's pleasing to God, that honors him. Philippians 3:12, he says, "Not that I've already attained this or I'm already perfect." Let's just stop there. Isn't that encouraging to know that the guy that wrote most of the New Testament said, "I'm not there yet." Come on, maybe that doesn't encourage any of y'all. That encourages me. He says, "I'm not already perfect, but I, but here's what I do: I press on to make it my own. I'm gonna keep trucking forward." And he says this because Christ Jesus has made me His own. You see that? I'm not trying to earn anything. He's already made me His own, and so I keep running because I know who I am. He said, brothers, I do not consider that I've made it my own, but one thing I do. Everybody say one thing. Forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. Let those of us who are mature think this way. You see, it's a mindset. And if anything you think, if any of you think otherwise, God will review this, uh, reveal this to you also only let us hold true to what we've attained. Here's the third joy killer is this, living in your past. Living in your past will kill your joy because there's not one thing you can do about it. You can't change it. You can't rewrite it. You can't pretend like it didn't happen. And if anybody had a past to be concerned about it was paul can you imagine the the churches he went to and he would talk to people who maybe he killed their relatives or loved ones or imprisoned them and all of the things he did to fight the gospel and can you imagine the guilt that was upon him and the devil would probably try to get in his ear and say who do you think you are to preach when you've done all of this in your past and paul says this he says one thing I've learned in life, don't look in the rearview mirror too much. I'm going to strain forward. I'm going to keep running. Why? Because God has a prize for me. And some of you today, you need to forget the past. And here's how you forget the past. You go down the waters of baptism in the name of Jesus, and there's no past to talk about. It's under the blood. You give your life to God, you repent, you come to a place of faith. And baptism serves as that concrete reminder. You know what, my joy isn't in my past, that's been buried. My joy is in the resurrection of the future. Come on, does anybody have that joy here today? Anybody have that experience today? You see, if, if everybody in this room was to live in their past, we'd all be miserable. Right. There would be no shouting, there would be no dancing, there would be no amens, because that would have the final word. But I have joy today knowing that my past doesn't have the final yes. word. Thank you, Jesus. The best is yet to come. Yes. God always has better. God always has greater. The, the scripture says it like this, from glory to glory. Yes. And so if you came in here today and you don't have joy because of what you did, let's change that. Hallelujah. Amen. And I can't change it, but I know somebody who can. Right. Right. Woo. And here how, here's how joy grows. It grows in hope. Yes. If you don't have hope, you won't have joy. Right. But today I have, I have joy because I have hope, and it's what we sung about a few minutes ago. That is this ain't no grave going to keep me down. Hope springs up when we dwell on God's word and his promises over his life, over our life. The past will keep you from going forward. So Paul says that I I keep running. Why? Because he says, God has a prize for me. God has a reward for me despite my past. Despite my problems, right. I'm gonna keep running. I'm gonna keep going. Why? Because God has something for us. This is a promise. Verse 14 gives us a promise that there is a prize waiting for us. There is a future waiting for us. And you can't get there by looking at the rear view mirror. You can't get there by constantly replaying that in your mind. And, and we gotta be careful. And, and I wanna say this, we need to give our testimony. Right. Preach. Come on, somebody. Yeah. How can they hear without a preacher? The preacher's you. You need to tell what God's done for you. You need to talk about the darkness he took you out of and the light. But we're not going to dwell on that darkness. You know why? Because that's not the best part of our testimony. The best part of our testimony is, and one day I walked into a church and everything changed. One day I went to the waters of baptism and that old man was buried. The, the best part of our testimony is God filled me with his spirit and now I have a heart to serve him. Amen. So when you, when you tell your testimony, give them the best part. When we leave out the best part, we give glory to the devil, give glory to darkness. Darkness just served as a means for God showing his light, And so joy comes from this. Having a God-inspired vision of the future. Joy comes from knowing I'm, I'm not gonna stay here. I'm not gonna stay in this place. And, and if you want joy in your heart, ask God to give you a God-inspired vision for your family. Right. Give him a God-inspired version for, for your own life, for the people around you. And that's where I get joy. See all that weight that I feel like I've gotta do this, I've gotta do this. I can't do it, but God can do it through me. I've got joy for dream to destiny, God's gonna do it. I can't raise the money, God can. I don't have the brains for the building that needs to, God's got the resources. God's gonna, that's where my joy comes from. I serve the King of kings, the Lord of lords. and I want us to, to read this scripture. Can we stand to our feet today all over this place? Isaiah chapter 43. Come on, somebody needs to grab a hold of this today. Do not remember the former things. Come on, I want us all to say that. Do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Forget about the past. Don't think about your failures. Don't think about what could have done. That's gonna kill your joy today. But here's what you need to know. Behold, God says, I will do a, what? New thing. Does anybody want God to do a new thing in your life? Hallelujah. It shall spring forth. You know what God's saying? You're not gonna do it. It's not gonna come from your resources. It's not gonna come from your power. It's just gonna happen supernaturally. Come on. Shall you not know it? I will make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. How many thankful for a God that turns our mourning into dancing, our sorrow into joy. Come on, let's lift up hallelujah. our hands and receive that right now. Yeah. I've got joy today because i got a future. Yes, hallelujah. You, I've got joy today because the best is yet to come. Yes. Eye yes. has not seen nor ear heard yes. the things that God has for those who love him. I can't even comprehend it. Somebody needs to receive that word that was just spoken right now. I'm not that person anymore. I have a name that's above every name over my life. Come on, there's somebody here today, you want this joy we've been singing about, shouting about, praising about. It's a joy the world can't give, the world can't take it away. It's a joy that comes on your good days and your bad days and everything in between. Because my joy isn't based on circumstances. Paul said, it's a mindset. I know through faith, I believe. God's going to raise me up in heavenly places a joy that knows what he did for me as a fact it's a joy that knows he's filled me with his spirit and he's doing things in me that I can't do on my own so I wonder all over this place right now can we just receive that joy come on if you want that joy say God I want the joy of the Lord in my life some of you maybe you've been living for God for a while but your joy is dissipated your joy is over time just left maybe you've been depending on yourself maybe you've been complaining maybe you've been arguing maybe you've been trying to make it happen on your own and what we're going to do here today we're going to sing one more song i want us to fill these altars today if you want to be baptized come find me we'll baptize you today if, if you want to just ha- have restoration and you want to just celebrate god come to these altars if you want to be filled with the holy spirit well, have people will pray for you There's a joy that comes of living waters when God fills us with his spirit. But I want us to sing this song. And as we sing this song, I want us to realize who we are today. We are God. We have joy today because we are his. Come on, let's lift up our hands all over this place today. Let's thank him. Let's come with the spirit of thanksgiving. God, I thank you, Lord, you saved me. God, I thank you, Lord, that you called me. God, I thank you, Lord, that you've healed me. God, you don't owe me anything today, but I'm thankful, God, for who I am and you. Come on, let's sing it today.